Hello and welcome to this video. Today we're going to be doing a lecture on Nietzsche's Christ. The reason why I've decided to do this lecture is because I do think that Nietzsche is one of the most influential thinkers and also a very influential modern day thinker on the figure of Jesus Christ throughout the centuries. Because the reality is you have a lot of thinkers in the present day, and when I mean present, we're talking about the history of the entire theology after, since Christ. There's a lot of thinkers out there with a lot of different views, and a lot of them are more similar to mainstream Christianity. They they present something that you might hear in the church. These are like your St. Augustine's, these are Aquinas's. Of course, there's going to be differences and minute kind of areas of discussion and disagreement about who Christ was between these thinkers. However, if you're reading those works and you're reading those ideas, it's very easy to think, well, actually, that's quite similar to what I'm hearing at church. That's what my pastor is saying. And even if it's coming from an atheist, they are talking about a similar Christ. But what I do think that Nietzsche does quite interestingly is that he presents a completely different, if not a very novel picture and depiction of Christ. And as a result, in today's lecture, we are indeed going to be covering six things or these five things. And I'm going to split them into a further section at the bottom. So the first thing we're going to be talking about is why we should study Nietzsche's Christ. The second thing that I'm going to be talking about is why, what were the influences of Nietzsche's Christ? The third thing was, well, what was Nietzsche's Christ? And the fourth thing is, well, what was his criticism of Christianity's interpretation of Christ? And the final thing is, well, what is or how can we return to a true conception of Christ? Of course, this is according to Nietzsche and not according to the church. So there is that discrepancy there that you should be thinking in the back of your head is that this is Nietzsche's depiction of what true Christianity was. This is not what the Orthodox Christian teaching is. And after that, like always with these lecture series, I will be providing you with a list of books that you can purchase or you can read. Links to those will be in the description below. So if you do want to read some of the materials about it, you can definitely check it out. The Amazon links will be below. So without further ado, let's get right in to the first topic, which is why we should study Nietzsche's Christ. Now, Nietzsche is one of the, the biggest thinkers, as I've said, on Nietzsche's on, on, on Christianity and is someone who I do deeply admire. The reality is, is that while Nietzsche commonly has the rep of being someone who is severely or extremely anti-Christian, the reality is Nietzsche actually is, is someone who takes it seriously. It's, he is someone who looks at the nature of Christianity and says, actually, that is something which is quite interesting. Christ is a figure which can be respected and is someone who we can learn from. So he's really wrestling with the problem and he really is taking that question seriously and really wants to develop and get to the depth of it. He's not someone who like the new atheists, like the Richard Dawkins or other new atheist types by just trying to bash Christianity or trying to present a negative image of Christianity because that is really not what he is trying to do. And by thinking he's doing that, you are actually just following into this mainstream understanding of Nietzsche without actually getting in depth in it to what he is thinking. It's kind of similar to the idea that Nietzsche is a nihilist kind of idea. It's also like Nietzsche hating Christ the figure, not Christ the conception and the interpretations, but which we'll be talking about later. Christ, Nietzsche hating Christ is a similar misconception of Nietzsche. So he takes Christianity seriously. And as a result, when he does write an essay homo, he does write, the most serious Christians have always been well disposed toward me. And that is something which is a reality. If you are really wrestling with Nietzsche and, and you're not following mainstream kind of presentations, you realize that Nietzsche actually is trying to hit the nail on the head and is really trying to do his due diligence and his research about the specific uh, topics and the specific ideas relating to Christ and is not shying away from those difficult questions. So that is something that we have to bear in mind as um, 
kind of Christians, if you're approaching from a Christian lens, and also if you're approaching it from an atheistic lens, you're also looking at someone who you can learn from and say, well, actually, you can be an atheist, but also recognize the beauty of Christ. And you can also recognize certain elements of Christ, which are good and can be incorporated into your life. And that is something you should definitely bear in mind. And the reality is, is that what, when Nietzsche is talking about Christ, he isn't looking at it from kind of a one a one size suits or one size fits all solution. He recognizes that there are and there have been different conceptions of Christ and different interpretations of Christ and that there's a different Christ of the Gospels, the evangel, the evangelist, Christ, the, the evangelist, the bringing of good news and also the interpretations that other people have attributed to Christ and the misinformation that has been attributed to Christ. Now, of course, this misinformation has to be, as I've said, put within brackets because a lot of other people's conceptions would say that, well, Nietzsche was a misconception himself. But of course, we have to view this from Nietzsche's lens. And Nietzsche does want to get back to the true Christ and not a Christ of misconception. So he's someone that you do want to learn from. And of course, learning Nietzsche's criticism of Christ and his relationship with Christ does help you understand more about Nietzsche's philosophy. So if you're interested in Nietzsche, this is a very, very good place to start off with. So now that we've talked a bit about Nietzsche's, why we should study Nietzsche's Christ. Let's turn to um, a bigger question, which is, well, what were Nietzsche's influences? Now, of course, the, the first thing which should be noted, and this is something that um, I have said already, is that Nietzsche's Christ should not be seen as the Christ of the church. It shouldn't be seen as the Christ seen in Paul's letters. It shouldn't be seen as the Christ of St. Augustine and of these other thinkers, especially the reformers like Luther and Calvin. Nietzsche is trying to move away from that conception and saying that that conception is incorrect and instead turn it to a further, his own understanding, his own recollection or his own construction of the, the true gospels, which was not tainted by later Christian interpretations, which made the good news, the evangel into the bad news. And that is, of course, something he's wrestling with in the Antichrist. And of course, the link to the Antichrist is in the description below. Now, so you might be thinking, well, if he is not getting his interpretation from the, the Bible almost, because he's not looking at Paul's letters, he's not looking at um, he's not looking at these thinkers. Well, where is he getting it from? And the answer actually is quite interestingly, he gets it from Dostoyevsky, especially Dostoyevsky's Idiot um, by Prince Mushkin. And he's looking at that and he's, he, he thinks that, well, actually, what Dostoyevsky picks out is actually a very Christ-like figure. And that Christ-like figure is precisely Christ-like, not because of any of the things he teaches per se, but by the fact that he lives out what he preaches. He practices what he preaches and he actually acts upon it and lives a good life. It is a mold of living. It's a framework that we are working with instead of something which is perhaps a binary of saying, well, is his teachings good or is his teachings bad? That's not what Nietzsche is talking about. And that's not what he's getting from Dostoevsky. Rather, he is getting something along the lines of, well, actually the idiot is providing this framework of someone who lives true to a certain set of moral codes and follows it till the end. That self-control, that power from being able to have that control to live with that within that framework is something which is very important and can be quite helpful. And as a result, I do say that he respects the Christian mode of Christ, not the church's adoption or, or an adaptation or interpretation, and especially not Paul's um, interpretation of Christ because he views those as um, bad tidings and ill news and in fact uh, almost a desecration of the original message of Christ which is one of life and not one of faith and action and, and, and kind of phrases and, and different uh, teachings and of course we will be touching on that in a bit. 
Now, of course, the final thing is, is that he does indeed separate between contemporary Christianity and the Gospels. He recognizes that those are two different things. He does think that while the Gospels, the true Gospels was the life of Christ, that contemporary Christianity has indeed separated what our interpretations were from the true Gospels and have added their own interpretations upon there. And we will be talking more about that later on in the lecture for your information. So without further ado, let us carry on till the next um, slide, which is, well, what was Nietzsche's Christ? And well, as I've said, to Nietzsche, Christ was a practice. And the best way to look at it was, as, as I've said, through The Idiot by Don Quixote, well, not well. I mean, the idiot is interpreted um, is inspired by Don Quixote. I mean, the idiot by Dostoevsky. I'll also put a link to the idiot below if you want to check that out. I haven't added that to the list of suggested readings just because it's a bit different. But if you want to read um, the idiot, then of course the link to that will also be in the description below for you to check it out. Um, to Nietzsche, Christ was a practice, and this is what he says um, in in his work. He says the bringing of good tidings died as he had lived, as he had taught not to redeem man, but to show how one must live. Well, I think that that is, um, I think that that is something which is a very um, important point when you're um, looking at Nietzsche's Christ, because what you are seeing here is that, well, Nietzsche is focusing particularly not on any of the other attributes or what he was actually teaching, but the fact of how you are able to carry out your ideals to the maximum, and you're constantly striving to be the perfect version of your maxims and your beliefs, and that you're willing to sacrifice till death itself on the cross that ability to continue fighting and that ability to continue developing yourself towards where you want to be. And in the same way, that is also why in, in Thus Spoke Zarathustra, I think if I remember correctly, he also says that if Jesus grew older, he'll probably have recanted his belief, but that doesn't change the fact of his respect for Christ. And that is precisely because he recognizes that, well, actually Christ was living his life to the fullest and living those values to the fullest. And that is something which is tied back to what Nietzsche says as a good Human being and what should be desirable from um, human beings today. Now, of course, developing on that, Christ, what, what should be taken from Christ is his blueprint of how people can act. And in some sense, he writes that, well, actually, that blueprint of Christ is somewhat possible, if not even necessary for some people today. So it's this idea that it's taken, it, um, Christianity is almost taken Christ out of context to say that actually Christ was on this other level. Rather, what Nietzsche is saying is that, well, actually, we should not view Christ as this other level and that we are just below him. We should view Christ as this role model and not only view it like that, but also become a Christ-like figure. And when I say becoming Christ-like, it's not say believe or have faith in God. And we'll talk about that in the next slides. But it's it's almost to say that, well, actually, by being a Christian, you could almost have a completely different set of values and morals. But at the same time, you could be a Christian by following those values to the extreme and by having great self-control and wisdom and discipline and perseverance with those beliefs. And that is what um, we're talking about when we're talking about Nietzsche's Christ in relationship to how people can act and how people can incorporate it into their lives. And the reason why he thinks it's possible, if not necessary, is actually traced back, and this is what Walter Kaufman suggests, traces it back to the idiot. And by reading the idiot, Nietzsche was able to understand that actually there is a mold of Christ. There is a mold of Christ, a Christ-like figure, a Christ-like archetype, which can be put into different circumstances in society. And that's what um, Nietzsche, uh, Dostoevsky does very well in the idiot, is that, well, by putting Christ, a Christ-like figure in it to these different molds, what, what they're able to do is to say, well, actually, this mold, well, well, might seem weird. Actually, by putting Christ into these different figures, we can adopt that idea, that, that 
courage to embrace certain values, even if they go against what everyone else believes and what everyone else prefers, is something which is possible and that and which is something that people can do. And that's definitely something which is good. That said, you also should turn to the flip side and say, well, actually, um, Nietzsche, well, Christ only represented half of Nietzsche's ideals. And what I mean by that is, well, Nietzsche had great, well, the ideal person has great endurance and perseverance. But the difference where Christ um, does tie in or is, is different from this ideal is that instead of having only having great perseverance and also having great endurance and ability to take it to advantage, Christ only um, kind of took well, had perseverance and endurance to follow his values. Now, that's some point where you could disagree with Nietzsche by saying, well, actually, Christ was quite successful because his values were were so influential, regardless of whether they were interpreted correctly or not. However, that's kind of the, on the side note, and that's something you could think about, but it's not necessarily, we're not talking about whether Nietzsche was correct or not. We're just mainly talking about what Nietzsche actually believed about um, Christ. Now, now, developing on this, um, you could talk about the idea of Christ as well. And as and this is why I said is that, well, what does it mean when Nietzsche respects Christ's endurance? Well, the reason is, is that while well, he had a vision of of what he wanted and he held on to that vision and that mission until his death. Of course, Nietzsche would have liked to think in Zarathustra that he that 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 the Christ figure would indeed have changed his mind after looking at the world and observing and living and developing. But nevertheless, it is something that he was able to stick till the bitter end. And that is something that Nietzsche does indeed respect. And it's something which Nietzsche does indeed admire of Christ. And is that perseverance, which can be possible and if not necessary for some people to walk down that line. And that's something which is very important. And perhaps you could abstract that even further and, and put it into the, the 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 tale as I've met which I mentioned before Don Quixote is it, it's that idea of Miguel de Cervantes that well actually in some sense he does it even better than Dostoevsky by creating an almost Christ-like figure in Don Quixote and put him in a completely ridiculous manner and in, in such a ridiculous manner that it is completely inconceivable by all stretches of the imagination yet it still remains some sense of Christ-like nature I mean it almost takes the idiot to another level and Don Quixote I think is a very good example of that and while I don't necessarily agree with a lot of the depictions in Don Quixote, and I think it does take it ridiculous to a, a completely ridiculous level, I think that kind of sense of conviction that um, Nietzsche is admiring in Dostoevsky is taken to a next level in Don Quixote. And perhaps if you do read Don Quixote and, and The Idiot, you, by comparing them to you actually get a further understanding of what Nietzsche is talking about, of what um, what Nietzsche's Christ was and what is that element of endurance and perseverance, which is an admirable. Now, let's turn on to um, criticisms of, of Christianity's interpretation, because as, as I've said throughout this lecture, um, Dost well, no, not Dostoevsky, but Nietzsche was not very, very happy with the presentation of Christ or the interpretations of Christ in the works of Calvin, Luther, the reformists, and also even in Paul himself. He, he in fact, um, caused Paul almost the worst thing which could have possibly happened to Christ's message, even though, of course, Christendom was only there because of Paul. However, that Christendom is the Christendom of of that um, ill tidings that was transformed away from the original good news. And that's something which can be thought about, and that's something which can indeed be wrestled with. And of course, um, the first criticism that he has, he has two criticisms that um, Walter Kaufman identifies, faith against action and faith against reason. We first talk about faith against action. First thing is he views Luther's sola fide as, as going against action of Christ. Now, of course, you could say that um, his 
his criticism of Luther was not exactly accurate, just because in reality, Luther's Sola Fide does not completely exclude works. But nevertheless, it does emphasize faith so much so that it, it puts a focus on Christ's redemptive factor. If we turn back to um, the previous thing, it focuses on Christ's redemptive factor instead of his actions, which goes against this bringer, um, the first phrase that you see here, this bringing of glad tidings died as he lived, as he taught not to redeem man, but to show how one must live. By putting the focus on um, sola fide, what um, Luther is doing is to put, put that focus on the redeeming aspect instead of how one must live. So then, so that in some sense to Nietzsche becomes an inversion of the morals. It becomes an inversion of the good tidings. It becomes an inversion of, of what Christ was trying to preach, a, a religion of action instead of one of faith only. And of course, that ties in to his criticism of or or his um or his criticism of the, the focus on faith and the reasons given, the psychological reasons being given here. And of course, uh, the reason why um Nietzsche is willing to take this more perhaps non-orthodox view is because he views that discrepancies can be explained in a psychological way. He views that Paul's focus and in some extension Luther's focus and in extension most of the people who focus on faith is because they recognize the inability to become the perfect man. If you can not only fulfill, if you cannot even fulfill the Judeo, the, Ju, the, the, the Judean law, which was set in the past, well, how can you possibly fulfill in Nietzsche's conception, the Christian law, which is a, a more demanding one, because it's not only saying, well, follow these sets of rules, you must live these sets of rules. And to live a set of rule is way different to just follow them. Because, I mean, just think about it, when you're back in school and the teacher tells you to shut up at the back of the class, it's one thing to just follow the rule, but to live that rule, it's a completely different thing. I mean, if you're talking about football in the back of a class with your friends and talking about team tactics and things like that, I mean, yes, you might stop talking about it, but have you lived out that rule? Perhaps not. So that is what Nietzsche is saying, is that these thinkers failed to recognize the difficulty, or they actually fully recognize the difficulty of becoming that perfect human being. So they give up that perfect human being. And as a result, they say, well, let's just have faith and use faith as the deus ex machina to solve all problems. So as a result, that is what I mean when I say Christ's calling is more difficult than the Jewish teachings. Nietzsche is saying that Christ's teaching is the most difficult thing. And as a result, by, by kind of defaulting into faith, you, you not only drop back from Christ's original calling, you're also dropping back from the Judean law as well. Now, now you go further and say, well, actually, what happens is that by, by getting rid of um, action and focusing on faith, you actually depreciate the value of this world and this life by focusing so much on faith and how you can just be saved via, via, the, via unity in the church or via belief in God. What happens is that this world becomes nothing because then you have the afterlife and then you have um, a kind of faith and you, you have that to protect you. So at the end of the day, you might be entering a mentality saying, well, what, what's the worst that can possibly happen? I'm saved now. That's great. That's what Nietzsche is warning against. That's something you had to move on from. So instead of perfecting oneself, one relies on faith. And by having that reliance, you're no longer living out of Prince Mushkin. That, that Mushkin-esque life becomes impossible because while now you're no longer in the world interacting in a, in a, a despotic, in a, in a depraved Russian society or whatever society you're in, you just withdraw from it and fall back on the church and fall back on faith. And that is something that Nietzsche is being very critical of here as well. And whether you think it's right or not, that's for another debate. However, I do think that he is indeed touching on something which is very interesting and very important. So next thing is his criticism of faith against reason. This is something which is less so related on his views about Christ, but also I think elaborates on the kind of, kind of, how he differentiates between 
our conceptions of Christ and who Christ actually was. And what he presents in Beyond Good and Evil is he, he, he represents some sense of blind faith as this sacrifice of the intellect and that what Christians are doing by interpreting the Bible in their own way to, to kind of present prophecy in a way which leads to Christ has indeed created a double standard, an untruth in order to create a certain reading of the text. And if we're going to treat the pagan text in one way and in the Christian New Testament text and the Judean Old Testament text in another way, well, what we've created is a double standard. And no matter how true it could potentially be, we always have to view things in the same way. And that's what Nietzsche is focusing on. And in some sense, what he's doing in the faith against reason is not just an attack against Christianity, but an attack against the entire structure of truth and epistemology in general. He's taking this kind of Christian critique and taking it to a more meta and abstract level to say, well, the very nature of truth itself is conceive is deceiving. And that very nature of truth itself is getting away from what truly is the case with, with how we're meant to interact with the truth. Because the truth is often presented in science as something which is going to help life. The truth is presented as something which is going to develop life. But in reality, what the truth is, is actually something which goes against and can actually lead to death. It could be a, it could be a hidden will to death because you have so many different thinkers over time. By thinking that the truth will bring you close to human flourishing, the truth may bring you in this enlightenment hope of allowing you to reach some sense of um, divinity, not divinity in the in the God sense, but a divinity of an enlightenment and, a, and, a, and an unveiling of the eyes of the truth. But in reality, it might actually lead to destruction. And most of the times it can actually be harmful. Before we carry on and finish off this video, I'd like to suggest that if you are interested and you do enjoy these videos, feel free to consider supporting us on Patreon. Links will be in the description below. That will really help support the channel going forward. If you can't um, support this financially, that's completely understandable. I mean, I, I this, there's definitely no obligation to do that. Feel free to help us by spreading this channel to other people, by sharing it with your Christian community, by sharing it with your other friends, and also by sharing this content to other people and liking and subscribing, you'll be able to grow the community there as well and share your thoughts in the comments below. That'll let me know what you like. That, that'll let me know um, what you think about these videos and help me improve and make better content in the future. Without further ado, let's carry on with the video. Now let's talk about the, the final idea, which is a return to true Christianity, which is very important. I think uh, when we're analyzing Nietzsche, we, we not only have to know what has gone wrong, but also how we can go back to the original sense of the true evangel, the true good news. And that is something which Nietzsche is indeed wrestling with. And I think it's something which is very helpful to look at. Now, the first thing which um, Nietzsche talks about as well, how far we have fallen away from the idea that Christ has said. As, as we've seen, to Nietzsche, everything since Christ's life has been a complete um, turnaround. It's been a complete a change of what truly Nietzsche believes as the good. What Nietzsche believes as a good has been changed to something which potentially is evil and has negative aspects. For example, by instead of focusing on how we can improve ourselves and reach for self-perfection, it's created a religion of faith and a religion of a slave morality afterwards from that faith and from that resentment, that, that, that inability, that feeling, that 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 hatred towards the idea that we cannot become the perfect man, that that kind of resignation that one may feel. The second thing is that works cannot be overlooked um, in in priority of faith. While while work while faith can be important and less so, of course, for Nietzsche, it's important that we return to that initial works to strive for that perfection, which is very important. And of course, that ties in with the idea that Christ wasn't a set of messages of the truth. Whatever he taught was almost insignificant to Nietzsche. And in fact, Nietzsche would disagree with a lot of things that Christ taught. But nevertheless, he is focusing on the life he's lived. It's, an, it's a way of life. It's a, it's a way of acting which has to be embodied. And that is what Nietzsche is talking about, turning towards or returning towards a true good tidings. 
And finally, Nietzsche respected the lifestyle of Jesus and more than the teaching. So that is definitely something which is true, something which is important. Now, to end off this video, let's talk a bit about some of the books that you can read. These are three of the books that um, that you can learn most about what uh, Nietzsche views about Christ, Nietzsche, the Antichrist, Nietzsche, thus spoke Zarathustra, and uh, Walter Kaufman's analysis of the situation, Nietzsche, philosopher, psychologist, and Antichrist. Um, the links to all the three books will be in the link below. Also, as I've said, you can check out The Idiot and also Don Quixote, which will give you a further understanding of what I mean when I'm saying, well, it actually is Nietzsche, it is Christ's life, which is the most important thing. You can go check that out. I'll put a link to books for Don Quixote and The Idiot in the, in the description below as well. So if you're interested in that, make sure you go check it out. Like always, my friends, stay safe. I hope you've enjoyed this video. As I've said, if you do want to support this channel, you can go check it out on Patreon and um, you can support us financially there. If not, just like and subscribe and let me know your thoughts about the content and um, the ideas in the description below, either what you've learned from this lecture or also uh, what you can um, develop or what you would want me to develop further. I can make further videos on that. So let me know that in the comments below. Like always, have a great day. Stay safe, my friends. See you soon. Thank you for watching and goodbye. I'll see you next one.